Attention listeners, thank you for choosing the In-Flight Movie Podcast. The captain has turned on the broadcast sign, so please take your seat, relax, open your favorite bottle of whiskey, and enjoy. As Jeremy... When we were kids, um, we actually had to go to a place and pick out a movie, and it was on a thing called a cassette. And Brandon... Movies have always been kind of like an escape for me, away from society and from school and from work. Discuss whiskey and movies. The show will begin in three, two, one. Brandon, we're a team, right? Yeah. It's Baby Driver on the In-Flight Movie Podcast. Boom. So you're just starting your day or did you just get off? They call, I go, you know. So what is it you do? I'm a driver. Oh, like a chauffeur. Anyone I'd know? I hope not. What is your name? Baby. Your name's Baby. B-A-B-Y, Baby. It's one you say listen to the music all the time? Is he uh, mental? Mental meaning slow. Was he slow? No. He had an accident when he was a kid. Still has a hum in the drum. Plays music to drown it out. And that's what makes him the best. One more job and I'm done. One more job and we're straight. Now, I don't think I need to give you this speech about what happens when you say no, how I could break your legs and kill everyone you love. Because you already know that, don't you? Yeah. The moment you catch feelings... Is the moment you're catching bullet. And your uh, waitress girlfriend, she's cute. Let's keep it that way. I want us to head west and never stop. You win. I'm in, baby. Baby, we need to get out of here. I have to end this. Are we in bed together now? Baby. 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 Doc said Michael Myers. This is Mike Myers. It should be the Halloween mask. This is a Halloween mask. No, the killer dude from Halloween. Oh, you mean Jason. No. Baby, you tell me who does. She a good girl and you love her? Yes, I do. That's too bad. Thank you for listening to the In-Flight Movie Podcast. My name is Jeremy Remiger, along with my podcasting partner, Brandon Lewis. And this week, we tackle the movie Baby Driver. Baby Driver. One of my picks. This was your pick for me, a movie I had never seen. Yeah, top 10 for me. Top Love 10 it. all time. And oh, yeah. I had never seen it. I had never heard of it. And I know this is a part of our podcast, but I will be honest with you. I thought I was getting ready to watch Boss Baby. Yeah. <laughs> Let's actually. <laughs> so we have we have the audio from last podcast when I asked for your first thoughts, just hearing the title. Um, here is what you said about uh, Baby Driver when we talked about it uh, last episode. Um, 
that there's a baby that is like super smart and okay. has figured out how to drive a car like dookie hauser mv but like so comedy a, like of a, some kind like an infant driving a car so like boss baby with a car yes yeah <laughs> okay all right that's exact and i haven't even okay. seen the trailer yet i'm gonna watch the trailer here in a minute and then i'm yeah so yeah, i boss was baby well, I was <laughs> in a car i was way off i yeah. was uh it was um it was not a cartoon right um, yeah it's not a movie that you would show your kids not pixar my not dreamworks not, even, not dreamworks uh not i don't even, even know where to begin with this movie except that the lead character in this movie played by ansel elgort yeah is phenomenal yeah really good really he good he's phenomenal yeah, you might know him from like Fault in Our Stars, Divergent, but really besides this movie, he doesn't have a long list. I think like total 17 movies or something like that, total. Um, but besides yeah, him, I, I mean, the cast. The, the I mean, the cast is, I mean, we'll talk about the cast in a minute, yeah. but um, the cast is uh, is amazing. Before, well, before we get into the movie, uh, what are we drinking here today? It's our in-flight movie whiskey of the episode. Uh, Mr. Lewis, what are you uh, sipping on today? Uh, I'm going with Old Forester single barrel. Uh, I, you know, visited the the whiskey trail a, a few times, and and this is definitely a bottle I picked up, a little ninety proof. Um, I'm drinking it straight today, so uh, definitely, definitely good. You are you picked an Irish whiskey this time, yeah? I uh, I will often have Irish whiskeys on um, this episode. Today, I am drinking two gingers. Two gingers is. Uh, what I would lovingly and with all admiration towards the whiskey call a bottom shelf Irish whiskey. <laughs> um, times are tough. Inflation sucks. Like, and uh, you can get a go bottle bottom. of two gingers. You can get a bottle of two gingers for under 20 bucks. And uh, it's go. not, it's not bad. You gotta, you gotta look for the bottom shelf Irish whiskeys. You have to, you have to you get have to down. Suss that out. Yeah, yeah. Get down on, on your, yeah. on yeah. the squatting position to find that. This isn't, Costco Irish whiskey. This is a real Irish whiskey made in made in Ireland. And I like the bottle. The bottle looks good. Yeah, the bottle looks like the uh, vertical. It's got an Irish flag at the bottom of it, which tells you what the alcohol content is. Uh, so yeah, so uh, is that a blend? You're interested in Irish is whiskey? That... It's a it's a blend. Yep. Okay, all right. It's a blend. Um, so yeah, that... if you're into Irish whiskey, um, two gingers will not break your break your wallet. Just just a little less than um what's its taste for all Jameson? those are not, that are not into the irish whiskeys so an irish whiskey it's not like scotch where i mean and i know there's two kinds of scotch and you just came back from scotland on your honeymoon mm -hmm. so um there's two kinds of scotch right there's the peaty scotch yeah and there's there's the the more johnny walker uh blends yeah blends and 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 yeah uh triple distilled and all that it's it would be more towards that it's okay. definitely not bourbon um i think it would fall between bourbon and rye maybe um okay. but it's you I know like it, like the it. color is lighter but it's really good yeah yeah so this movie this this baby driver movie this 2017 yeah um it's got do you want to kind of just run through you want me to run through just like uh what what the movie is you have a spoiler yeah why don't you give us Give us a run out. And there are spoilers. Uh, yeah, we, I mean, there's the podcast about the movie, so there will be spoilers, but <laughs> yeah. we'll try to keep the best parts um, 
fun for you. Just basic storyline here. Uh, Baby Driver is about this kid. He's 17. He's get he's gotten trapped in this crime circle in which he's a getaway driver uh, for bank robbers, and he is a phenomenal driver. Um, and the whole movie is him trying to pay back this debt to this crime boss so that he can kind of get out of the game. Um, he's been working for him for a couple years, and he's on like his last job. Um, he teams up with a series of criminals, um, all kind of orchestrated by this main crime boss whose kind of nickname is totem pole. Cause he brings everyone together. Um, and, and I mean, the cast is phenomenal here, but he goes in a couple jobs, they rob the banks, he gets them away and then they split the money. Well, in the movie, this guy who his, his name is baby um, wants to get out. He falls in love. And the end of the movie is about him trying to escape this, this crime circle with his girl, while also trying to escape the law. Um, it is an action-packed, but also a drama, also a little bit of a love story. That's what, oh, you're, you're giving me a weird look there with the love story. No, so, I, uh, so my notes, um, I, uh, I take notes while I watch the movie, um, and it's sort of a work, it's like a working list. So yeah. like, <laughs> I'll go back, I'll like remark things. Yeah. So I started out with, um, is this a musical? Yeah, yeah. Um, because the opening scene is phenomenal i mean it's like the best opening two minutes of a movie i've seen in a very long time yeah um where he's where anzo elgort Mm -hmm. uh is is literally dancing through the streets of atlanta um as he's getting away from like 20 20 getting away from yep and so so you wonder you're like i'm i'm like where is this where like right off the bat i'm like where is this movie going right um and there's really two opening scenes. There's the pre-credit scene, and then there's the during credit scene. Like they have the opening credits during. Um, yeah. There's even a, a moment where I thought Ray Liotta, the late great Ray Liotta, was sitting on a park yeah. bench in Atlanta, yeah. and uh, I actually had to pause the movie and rewind it because I thought it was him. Uh-huh. Um, now discredited, and, uh, right? Apparently, other people did too. But there was <laughs> right. a tweet in 2017 asking if it was Ray Liotta and uh, Edgar Wright, who was the director. Um, confirmed that it was not he also confirmed that it is not pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan, so if yeah. you're watching this movie um <laughs> and you're wondering who that guy in the park bench is it is not ray Liotta. okay it is not pierce Brosnan. um but the movie opens and it has you instantly hooked yeah instantly yeah so one interesting fact i, I so the the movie is filled with these car chase scenes there's probably four or five very extended car chase scenes I was doing my digging. I always like to like look into CGI and stuff like that. Not a single CGI cut in this movie. Yeah, there's some the whole excellent, excellent stunt driving. Yeah. And I got to say, um, the streets of Atlanta don't move that freely. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed uh, my, my family and I go to Hilton Head every summer. And so we drive through Atlanta every year. And I noticed like places that I've driven through, like on right. the interstate, like, especially I-85, and the, there's no traffic, yeah. um, which is how you know that uh, it was a movie filming, because yeah. um, there's never no traffic uh, right. driving through right. the streets that's, of Atlanta. That's uh, Edgar Wright, the director, also said that. That's why he wanted to film all the scenes in the daylight. He wanted to do all the bank robberies, everything in the daylight, because he wanted to show like the real potential for collision, the real potential. Now we know that those highways are, you know, they're filled with other stunt drivers, but for the most part, like it, 
it does look like a very active city during this movie. Yeah. So uh, the thing I wrote, the, the first thing that uh, is it a musical? Is it a car movie? Is it a rom com? It's yeah. Fast and Furious meets West Side Story meets Goodfellas meets The Departed. I mean, it is got everything you would yeah. want uh, in yeah. a movie. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and I added The Departed because of, I will not give away the end, but there was things right. in the movie where I'm like, that reminds me of, right. of The Departed. And I, I definitely and, think that the, the cast and the way they talk to each other, I mean, that is just like, the characters, how they talk to, how they interact, that's that's departed through and through. It's not easy. It's not, I mean, you know, if delicate ears are listening to this movie, they're going to be offended. Um, no children for this movie, for sure. Um, but there's quite a few swearing and all that stuff at each other. And it's 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 a hardcore movie when it comes to some of these other characters. Um, yeah, so let's, let's run down the cast real yeah. quick. Um, we have uh, John Hamm, St. John Louis Zone. John Hamm, we'll get to him in a minute. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Spacey, yep. we'll get to him in a minute. Yeah, right. Uh, Lily James. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, Jamie Foxx. Yep. Um, John Berthall. John Berthall. Yep. There's a lot of people. Yeah, and then uh, uh, the, the other main female lead is Isa Gonzalez, who um, Fast and Furious series, that kind of stuff. So, like, you'll know Jamie Foxx from everything, right? Like everything. Yep. Spider-Man. Um, John Berthall, you might know from Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, he did a really long run on The Walking Dead, um, if you were into that series at all. Lily James plays the love interest of Baby. Um, she's probably the least known of the of the actors here um, besides Ansel Elgott. Um, they're both kind of in that, that awkward first few years of their career where they don't have a lot of acting experience, but like, like they both hit it really well. Um, uh, and then, uh, and then John Hamm, you want to talk about John Hamm for a second? Yes. Yeah, so my first note on John Hamm in his first scene, I wrote this down because I said, uh, John Hamm isn't doing it for me. Like, Oh, he's not making this work. And I said, it literally feels like an SNL sketch. Okay. Um, like in that first scene, yeah. because you're used to seeing John Hamm as like this suave sort of mm -hmm. uh, banker type actor. Yeah. And he's playing this, this bank robber, gangster, <laughs> uh, tatted up neck. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it, it I mean, John, John Hamm, most famously first. from from Mad Men, right? I mean, he's in a right. he's yeah. in a three piece suit the entire time of maybe not a three piece, yeah. but he's I mean, he's in a suit for the entire series of Mad Men, right? Um, I don't know if you've seen this yet, Top Gun Maverick. He does a phenomenal. He's he's in he's in Top Gun Maverick. Does a phenomenal job again as a buttoned up admiral who tries to tell Tom Cruise what to do. You know, so he he is very much a buttoned up kind of character. So this is very different for him. Now, yeah, so what do you think of him? By the end of the movie, my last note for the whole movie is yeah. John Hamm indeed does pull it off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> uh, he's like, one of the best parts of this movie for me. He's awesome. Well, because it's so out of character. So it's yeah. like uh, Jim Carrey and Truman Show, or uh, okay, uh, Will Ferrell in, in um, that Stranger Than Fiction movie. Like it's a movie like yeah. where it's like like. Who, this isn't what I'm used to seeing. Right. And so it's cool to see him out of his comfort zone. What do you think of Jamie Foxx? 
Jamie Foxx, I just felt like he was in his groove there. Um, <laughs> Can you describe Jamie Foxx to people in this movie for people who have not seen it yet? Yeah. Um, just an absolute mess of a criminal yeah. um, who never makes a good decision. Yep. Um, who is it trustworthy, even though criminals aren't trustworthy anyway. Right. And uh, he dies a fantastic death. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. It's like one of the coolest (laughs) movie deaths I've seen. I mean, even amongst the thieves, everyone looks at him like, dude, you're a bad man. Like you're, you're bad. Like they don't even, you're bad among, if you're bad among thieves, you are. And he, he, he goes to every job thinking I might die this job and that's okay. Like he just goes hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Kevin Spacey. So uh, let me take a drink here real quick before I <laughs> Kevin, my Kevin Spacey. Okay, so man. Kevin Spacey is is the mob boss. He is he is his his code name is Totem. He is brings all the criminals together, including Baby as their main driver, and and he organizes all the heists. He takes a cut, and then um, so he shows up periodically throughout the movie to organize, and then kind of fades away, and then you know. So he is probably the main, I don't know, he's, he's the main antagonist, villain, I guess, sure. in this movie, yeah. but um, he has kind of a weird twist at the end, too. So what do you think of yeah. Kevin Spacey? So in light of what we know about Kevin Spacey now, I thought it was what I wrote about Kevin Spacey was that he pulls off the creepy guy almost effortlessly. Yeah. <laughs> and this is 2017. This is right before. Right before. Yeah. Yeah. Right before yeah. everything went down. So like. I, I think if we had like a uh, what holds up from this movie, Kevin Spacey, yeah, basically uh, blackmailing a teenage boy into <laughs> driving getaway cars <laughs> for him is pretty, uh, pretty spot on. Doesn't yeah, um, doesn't doesn't look good. Doesn't. But look. he does do. I mean, he. You look at this movie. You could look at American Beauty. You could look at House yeah, of cards. He just he does he, he does slimy really well and. Yeah. Uh, and we probably learned why, but um, yeah, he makes the movie go. I mean, yeah. you hate him pretty much instantly. Several of my favorite scenes, and when we get to favorite scenes, we can talk about it more, but like several several of my favorite scenes are him monologuing. Like he, I mean, his <laughs> monologues, him setting up these heists, uh, it, it they're phenomenal. Just his word choice and how he interacts with everyone else, how serious he looks all the time. I, it's just I, I got to give him credit where credit is due. Like he's a good actor. Yeah. And I don't want to make, I'm not making light of yeah anything that he's done, but um, it was in the back of my mind, like the whole entire movie. Right. right yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so just to, so the way that baby, um, which is the code name for the kid in the movie, and we'll get to names later because it's an interesting thing. The way that baby, the main character gets, tied up is that he's a car thief um he steals cars and he steals the wrong car in the past and we sort of get this um from kevin spacey's character in a in a scene we don't see it but yeah he steals he steals kevin spacey's car and in the car is just a lot of money yeah because kevin spacey is a is a bank robber by trade um and kevin spacey knows it sees it happen and so he's sort of um puts baby into like servitude to make up for all the money that that he lost in the car yeah. in the car but yeah 
So, yeah, so just for, for like every heist, there's this interesting scene at the end where they're in the parking garage afterwards and, and they've split up all the money between the five people. And then, uh, um, Kevin Spacey takes babies or Ansel Elgott's money from them, hands them 10 grand out of the 50 or 60 grand that he originally gave them and said, you got one more job for me. And then you're, then you're clear, then you're done for me. Um, so there's this weird, because in the movie, Ansel Elgott, and you find this out later, doesn't have a family. He's an orphan. Both his parents die in a car wreck, um, driving too fast on the, on the highway. Um, he's listening to music through an, through an iPod while the, when the accident happens. And we'll talk more about that here in just a second. Um, but afterwards, whenever he, he becomes an orphan, he starts stealing cars and all that stuff. And that's where he meets Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey takes him under his wing and says, I can help you, um, live a life you want, um, and, and, and survive. Um, and that's how we get, you know, the baby character that we're here. Now, the rest of the characters, they don't really give a whole lot of backstory. And to None. be honest, I you don't need it. Honestly, like there's a there's one scene towards the end where Jamie Foxx kind of tries to rattle off each of the characters and how they like their backstories, but it doesn't matter. It's just, it's about baby and baby trying to get out of this situation. Um, So yeah, we'll get to, I guess when we get to favorite scenes, I will hold off for, because that is my favorite scene um, in the, in the diner. Uh, Yeah. So I want to go to the names for a second because it's, it's a big part of the movie. Um, so all these criminals have, they, they have code names for each other. Um, Buddy, Darlene, Bats. Um, Kevin Spacey goes by Totem and Doc. Yeah. Um, and so we slowly find out everybody's name in the movie. Um, we find out uh, Leon. Uh, yeah, Leon. Yeah. yeah Leon is uh, Jamie, Jamie Fox's Fox. name. Yeah. Um, Monica is Darlene's name. I'm blanking on what Jamie uh, or what uh, John Hamm's real name was. Um, yeah, but it's in the movie. And then we find out at the end that uh, baby's name is Miles. Yeah. Um, there's only one character in the movie that we don't find out their real name, and that's Kevin Spacey. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and it it hit at the end. Like at the end, I was like, we never found out. Like there's something to knowing a name and like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, you know, the history behind like knowing somebody's name gives you, you know, power sort over of them. like this power over them yeah. or this like uh-huh. sort of, yeah. And we never find out his name. And I think that is perfect. Wow. I've never thought, I've never thought about that. Okay. So that slowly as some of these characters lose their power to totem or to bats in one case, um, they their name is revealed to them. The, the yes. name is revealed. Interesting. Okay. Great. Yep. It's, it's pretty pretty nuts. You want to talk about the best part of this movie? The music. I think the music. Yeah, we got the talk music about is. Music. We'll talk about music, then we'll talk about we'll talk about key scenes. But let's talk about this music. So how would I mean? I just have trouble describing it. I have to. There are there are thirty four full length songs in this movie. Thirty four. The the full soundtrack is phenomenal. So two things. Um, I used to work in construction. So I, I used to work around loud noises just a lot. And so I have tinnitus okay. um, and tinnitus plays a part in this movie. I think it's the first movie that I've ever experienced 
tonight is playing a part of the movie <laughs> and it's why it's why baby the main character is listening to music all the time yeah because it drowns out um the ringing in his ears um and i think it's also just a coping mechanism for the way he lost his parents but uh the music in this movie is phenomenal and the only movie i could think that even comes close to using it in a way that is like moving with the movie in the last 20 years is guardians of the galaxy. Okay. Yep. I was um, thinking about guardians as well. So tell me t- like, what does that mean when you say like moving with the movie? What does that mean? So like there are parts of the movie where uh, the music and the rhythm of the movie and the rhythm of the walking and the rhythm of ev- like everything is moving to the music. Yeah. It's a directorial like phenomenon. It is yeah. unbelievable. It is intentional. And so like yeah. It's very intentional and in the opening scene even the words of the song that are playing are showing up on trees and on the sidewalk and it's just like very intentional with the music and which is why I asked is this a musical? It's kind yeah. of is because yeah. not a single character really sings in the whole movie but the whole movie is driven by the soundtrack. I honestly think that one of the, I mean, you could even say that one of the actors in this movie is the music. The music has an influence um, and, and, and it, it, it drives this movie. The, the opening scene has this, this jazz um, song called bell bottoms and, and it, <laughs> the baby is, is drumming along to it. He is singing along to it. And then as soon as they start getting away from the cops, the whole chasing is synced to the music. And the director's yeah. actually like spoken at length about how important that was like even more so than some of the, the, the dialogue, the first thing they really did was pick the music and then match the action to the music first. And then went back and wrote dialogue. I mean, it is, it is probably the first actor that they 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 found they hired was the music. I actually wrote down like what's the best line from the movie. I don't have one, right? Uh, which is odd for me. There's not a word spoken other than something about ordering coffee in like the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah, and right. you're and you're and you're just like drawn into it with like this like magnetic and and. Uh, Elgot just nails the dancing and yep. and the, the, I mean it is it's pretty fascinating that's so the music song. is yeah. yeah that second Egyptian reggae right is the second song right Egyptian reggae was was requested by Ansel Elgot because um, the director asked what's one song that you could sing without without music you you have memorized and he said Egyptian reggae and so they put it in the movie as that scene because he knew it so well that he didn't have to really practice. They, they just let him go. Um, that is all, by the way, you saw it. It's all one cut. It's all one continuous scene. Um, it is, it's great. It's great. So to give you a little bit of a, uh, how this is going to work. Um, the person who hasn't seen the movie is, uh, going to watch it and take, take, take his own notes. The person who has seen the movie is going to do a background dive on production um and directorial notes and all that stuff so yeah so so brandon has done the deep dive he, he did the hard work he did the hard work on this one um and i got next week the, I have uh, off. yeah yeah next next week you have off okay yeah um yeah so uh 
in case you're wondering. I, I know nothing about the background of this movie sure. other than I did look up the cast. Yeah, right. So we, I mean, the music again, like it's 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 driving this movie forward. Every time you have a change of scene, there's pretty much a change in music. Um, Ansel Elgott has earbuds in the entire time. Sometimes you can hear what he's listening to. Sometimes you can't. But then the other actors kind of interact with him. Sometimes they take his earbuds out. Like John Hamm has a great scene halfway through this movie where he pulls uh, one of the earbuds out and listens alongside with um with Ansel Elgott and they're, they're talking about how much they love queen. And like, you can hear in the background queen playing as they're going. Um, but it, it is, uh, the music is, is so good. It is so good. It is one of the main reasons why this is, you know, top tier movie for me. So I talk about that queen song for a minute. The song is bright and red. Yeah. And um, there's a, there's a scene where John Hamm is talking uh, about the guitar solo in that song and what i love about the movie is that that guitar solo does not come up until yeah <laughs> that song plays uh, probably three times yep mm -hmm. and that guitar solo does not come up until a very pinnacle part of the movie and so um a certain just a really good just yeah. a good move like just a good yeah dialogue move and then like but like saving the best part of the song for the best part or the you know the, the apex of the movie is that true so we have music in your head all the time turn up the noise yeah it keeps me moving it's an escape i get it hey buddy you seen that violin i had a violin here shut up i used to fool around with cars when i was a kid drive around all night like a speed freak listening to the radio i used to have my special tape that had my killer track on it get me flying you got one of those sure well what is it rotten rock what queen <laughs> yeah it's got that crazy big guitar solo in it. i know that song my brother used to play sheer heart attack right through the wall you got it on here i got it on this one play it let's see that killer track Ladies, listen to Queen. 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 Streisand, now Queen. Right. Yeah. Um, is there a specific song or scene tied to the song that you thought best part? Is there is there a certain song that you're like, I, I can't believe that how good this is? Uh, yes. So um, there's a scene, the scene in um, the junkyard. Um, mm -hmm. Easy like Sunday morning. I mean, that song is one of my favorite songs ever. And it's a moment in which uh, baby thinks that he's free. Yeah. And he thinks that like he's leaving this life of crime that he didn't really want to be a part of. Um, and so just that the playing of that song over that scene is pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. I I've got to go with the Egyptian reggae, the second, second <laughs> song. Whenever he's walk, he's walking down the street to go get coffee for the whole crew, and he's interacting with Atlanta in these very unique ways. And like they have art on the on the walls and um, on the windows that that co coincide 
with the song and he's interacting with all these people there's a cop that walks by he kind of like hides his face when it's a really quiet part and then you know is screaming from the rooftops a few blocks away it is um so good so good so i want to talk about i know we're running out of time here but i want to talk about um lily james for a minute yeah um for those who don't know who lily james is i you wouldn't be if you're in the states you wouldn't be blamed she's a british actress and singer um I've only seen her in one other movie, which is a movie that uh, we'll be doing um, called Yesterday, which is about the okay. Beatles. Um, she does a really good job of being British and pulling off the Georgia Southern girl yeah. did persona. You, did you like it? Did you uh, like her character? Yes. Like, okay. All right. I can't, I can't, I've seen this movie 10 times. I, I go back and forth whether I like her character or not. Like the, I don't know, it's just, it's so kind of aloof, but like, it's like, I don't know. It, it, it seems like she just doesn't have any direction, which I guess is part of her character. So I, I've seen her in two movies, like I said, and in both movies, she is the center of sort of the morality of the main character. Okay. Um, she's very much the, north on the compass in this movie like she's very much like Mm -hmm. once he meets her everything he does is sort of like driven to be with her and so um i she is almost a minor character but then she's also like every decision he makes yeah Mm -hmm. is about her and it's what you're i mean what you're saying is like touching her her character here is very much her character in other movies. She is very like the pure of heart, can't do anything wrong kind of character. Caught so I've seen her in two movies. Okay. But caught in a bad situation. Caught in this this a dude's like mess. Yeah. And just the the guiding light like a guiding light sounds so stupid. But like she's just she's like I like North Star. Yeah, the North, North Star. Star. Like yeah, she's North Star. like yeah. I'm going to do what I can to make this single person happy. Yeah. All right. So it's uh, time for one of my favorite parts of each podcast episode. That is favorite scenes. Favorite scenes. Since, since you own the movie, since this is your movie, I will let you take the wheel. Oh, no pun okay. intended. We'll, we'll go one-to-one. How's that? We'll go one me, one you. Yeah, we- that's fine. All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it. I'm not going to let you have it. Opening scene. Opening car chase scene, minute zero, second zero. Um, all you get is the, the first audio to Bell Bottoms by the John Spencer Blues explosion. And you get John Hamm and um, uh, Isaac Gonzalez and John Berthal robbing a bank to this great blues fusion song with Ansel Elgott then getting them away. Um, the driving in this is phenomenal. The tricks that he plays. I mean, he just, he looks so comfortable behind the wheel um, at 17 that you're like, Oh my God. Like if you've, if, you, if you've never seen this movie, you have no, I mean, like you, if you've never seen it now, you know what the movie's about just from the first, I think it's four minutes and 30 seconds. Um, after, after the full song, you get the title sequence and that's, that's gotta be one of my top scenes right there. What about so I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going to say, I want to comment on your scene first is that the, the first 
thought in your mind is who in the heck is this kid? And like for about two minutes, I thought he was an Uber driver that picked (laughs) up three people and had no, because there's a scene where he looks inside of the bank to see what's happening. And he he almost looks confused. Yep. And so Mm -hmm. you're like, does he not know what he's gotten into? Like, right. Is this, yeah. could be the, and that could be a whole premise to a movie. Yeah. Um, it's phenomenal. And it's actually the best, I think it's probably the best car chase scene in the movie. Yeah. Um, I, agree. I, I have to go back and watch it. All right. So my favorite scene, uh, because I like, I, I do feel like there was just a little bit of like shtick or uh, sarcasm in this movie about gangster movies yep. is when, when uh, Isaiah Gonzalez is like trying to explain how bad John Hamm is, yeah, and and, and they're in the diner, <laughs> and she's like, she's like, I'm gonna answer this one, and like she goes, she tries to do this like dramatic speech, right? Mm-hmm. To, to Jamie explain Fox. how bad to Jamie Fox, yeah, about how bad John Hamm is, and then Jamie Fox's character Bats just starts laughing. And clapping, clapping, yeah, and and I loved it because <laughs> as she was giving that speech, I was like, "This is some. This might be the best and worst writing of the whole movie." Yeah, because I think it was in jest a little bit about gangster movies, um, and like about how hard, yeah, like, right, scrabbled they are, yeah, and hard Jamie and close, Fox, yeah. Jamie Fox just like that was the greatest right that was, that was hilarious so that because i the, the opening scene to me was off limits because i knew you were going to take it yep that was my favorite that that scene is like i just keep going over that yeah in my head i'm gonna go right ahead and speak for the two of us think you know us you don't you think you're the last word in crazy and believe me when I tell you, you don't want to see my buddy mad. You haven't seen how relentless he is. Because when he sees red, you will see nothing but black. <laughs> now I'll give you, okay, so I agree. I agree. One of the best best scenes by far is when they're sitting in that diner it, it's creepy because john ham you can see i mean i i think this right here is where john ham goes from like really good to great like he is he is edged out barely as the best actor best role in this movie and i'll say explain more why later but you can see him transforming as as bats, as Jamie Foxx is like criticizing him and um, Isaac Gonzalez ab- about their life and their, you know, and everything like that. You can just see he is, he is turning into a monster and that monster yeah. is unleashed later at the very end of the movie. Um, you might be thinking Jamie Foxx uh, is uh, that the, the end spoiler alert, like uh, the end <laughs> conflict is between Jamie Foxx and Ansel Elgott. It's not, it's actually Ansel Elgott versus John Hamm because um, John Hamm just survives everything and then wants revenge. Um, and so he turns into this monster that Ansel Elgott has to kill um, at the end. Um, so going away from that, so, so gonna, go ahead. So in that, I just wanted to go back yeah. in that scene 
in that scene is where I took down the note. John John Han does pull it off because okay. good his facial reaction in that scene. I was like, this dude's going to snap at some point in this movie and it's not going to be good. And it was not good for anybody in the movie. And to, I believe he doesn't say a word during that scene. Nope. Not nope. a word. So again, she, she speaks for him as she yeah. says. And then, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So a little bit more of a peaceful scene here. Minute 39, baby and Deborah, uh, you know, played uh, by Lily James, they they um, are going to go on their first date. And so they go to a laundromat and just the choreography, um, the the cinematography here, because you look in the background and it's very much like La La Land in which there's lots of different colors going on, but it's all like coordinated colors in these different washing and drying machines. And Baby and Deborah are just talking about their past and all that stuff. It's a very well done scene i think it's a single cut all the way through um and um and and it just it explains a lot and it it really shows from my perspective the 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 chemistry between those two characters and i i know that that's not an action scene that's not a driving scene which is all about but i don't know i, I like that scene i like this yeah, i still don't think it's about the driving i think it's about the music and that uh-huh. that scene i i remember that scene because they were like and Elgott was really driving the scene in his in his uh, choreography, but it was so good. Yeah, and like you could feel the rhythm of like it's so weird, but like you could feel the rhythm of the washing machines and the rhythm yeah. of the dryers. Yeah, with the rhythm of the music and the rhythm of the relationship, and everything escalates like really quickly between the two of them. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and they picked a song that goes perfectly with that scene. Uh, and, and it, it's, again, it's one of those synced up scenes with the music that you just know is, is perfect for it. All right. What's your last one? Um, Kevin Spacey getting off the elevator at the end. Yeah. I did not (laughs) see that coming. I, that's my departed scene. That's when I was like, this is the departed. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a shot. I was like. I literally yeah. like said out loud, what is happening? Yeah. Um, maybe a little bit different words, but I was like, <laughs> like, yeah. 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 So, the end of the movie has Ansel Elgott and, and Lily James. 27 turns at the end of this movie. 27. <laughs> There's just turns. It just yeah, turns, turns, and turns, turns and turns. And turns. And turns. <laughs> uh, it has Kevin Spacey, uh, them trying to get away from John Hamm, from everyone trying to drive away from the city, get away. And Kevin Spacey decides to do the right thing, gives them enough money to get out of the country, sets them up with a car, and then Kevin Spacey gets off the elevator. Immediately, people want to kill them, and he take he protects protects baby, protects Deborah, so they can get away. But then immediately gets killed by John Hamm. And in in true rom com fashion, yeah, the reason that he's doing it is because he was in love once. He was in love once, yeah. <laughs> So it's like, you know, like, I, Again, do, I don't know. I, is that, is that like a spoof off rom-coms? Is that like, I feel like there was a, this, I feel, I do feel like this whole movie was a musical, like a Mel Brooks. We'll talk about Mel Brooks. I'm sure at some point in yeah. time, like a modern day Mel Brooks, like I'm going to use every cliche in sure. every movie ever with music to make a very enjoyable movie. Yeah. Yeah, and we see that again at the end, right, with the black and white and stuff like that. Yeah, 
again. Yeah, a little little Pleasantville action there at the right. end. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so out of so nowhere. Who does who does the best job here? Who what 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 character, what actor, actress really sells it for you? I'm gonna probably steal your answer. Um, we'll see. We probably maybe we should have talked about this but <laughs> yeah right uh mine is the uh the music oh okay all right it's not mine it's not mine okay okay go all ahead right. so the music like okay. the music drives everything and without if they had done the work i mean just the research and like the work and like just thinking about and it's kind of a part of a movie that like creating a, a good mixtape right like yeah. The movie is like so good at like picking the right song for the right moment. It, yeah, it makes the whole movie. It makes the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin Spacey, I think Kevin Spacey. <laughs> yeah, plays I, himself. I, he plays himself. He is just in every role I've ever seen him in. He is just a really good, creepy, slimy, slime, slime ball guy. And I don't know. There's there's something to someone being good at that because when it's done poorly, it looks terrible. It looks terrible. Um, but Kevin, I mean, Jim Kevin Carey Spacey, is the Riddler. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, <laughs> he is cold. He's calculating. He, he knows exactly what he's doing. Um, if you guys have seen house of cards before, you know exactly what I'm talking about, how good he is in that role. That's him in this movie. I mean, he, he is willing to sacrifice everyone. Um, to get what he wants. Um, and he just has some great one-liners. I don't know how much of that stuff was um, was improv versus written. I've read that the the director is notoriously anti um, um, uh, anti improv. Uh, he very much wants you to stick to the script. Um, but I, I did see that a few of those lines, especially from Kevin Spacey and from Jamie Fox, are improv. Uh, and, and they kept them in there because they were so good. Um, but I, I, I gotta give it to Kevin Spacey, like in one of his last roles in, in the light, uh, so to say he, he really, he does well, he does well. So I, I do want to, I do have a comment on that. And yeah. it's another reason that I think it's a spoof or, or partly a spoof is that, you know, I've never been in a crime ring, sure. um, I've never robbed a bank no, or just, even yeah. sat in on a meeting where you were to rob a bank. <laughs> really Do you thought think about that, it. Like the, does the ringleader monologue every time, do you think? Like Kevin Great Spacey question. does? Like the, the, other, the other note was, I did not see the United States Postal Service being the last mark of the movie. Like that sure, was, yeah. I was like, yeah. so maybe that's why he explained it. But I was like, is this, does every crime ringleader be like, United States Postal Service. This yeah. is why we're doing it. Like for five minutes. You know, I, I think that's a little bit more believable than, you know, crime rings being democracies. Don't you think? Right. Like I don't see a lot he's of out, input from, he's from the lieutenants, yes. you know, from, from the heisters. <laughs> yeah. He's outvoted. He's got to go. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, Kevin Spacey will kill you. I'm pretty sure if you, if you disagree with him. So yeah, I don't know. I, I would assume in, you know, my non-crime crime life that there's a lot of monologuing by 
by crime bosses. I mean, there's monologuing in every movie by crime bosses, so I'm sure it's I'm and every sure movie true. by and every movie by uh, uh, Kevin Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Yeah, <laughs> think about American Beauty. Yep, or House of Cards. Yeah, ever, yeah. you know, breaking the third. Well, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, we got one more uh, segment. Yeah. A new segment you this wanna, this episode. You, you it's because it's my it's my movie to watch. Right, right. Go ahead. So, tell the people. Tell the so people. the the kind of the idea is you know, um, what kind of what what movies do does Jeremy love that I haven't seen yet? You know, that's that's kind of what we're going back and forth here. Um, so. This is going to be hard for me because I don't like. I'm just going to. I'll just say it. Okay, go ahead. I love Nicolas Cage. <laughs> so the canon. They, <laughs> okay, the, tell, this tell me category what, is, No, no. Okay, go ahead. In what movie is Nicolas Cage good? All of his movies. No. Uh, okay. Give me your best Nicolas Cage movie. The, uh. The yeah. Rock. The Rock. Okay. National <laughs> Treasure. Okay. Well, okay. On air, based on air. Okay. Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider, the new one where he <laughs> plays himself leaving Las Vegas. I mean, he's gone, a, gone he's in 60 he's, seconds. He's an Oscar winner. Okay. 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 So, new segment. And this is only for movies that I watch. Right. Yeah. Nicolas Cage. Where Nicolas Nick- Cage. What does Nick Cage do better? you know i i answered my answer in this movie is that nick cage would have played an excellent buddy the, okay the, the role the role played by john ham john ham you think nick cage could replace john ham as buddy the main villain yes. at the end yes okay does he have to have long hair crazy he's got long hair yeah he's just had that nick cage like front bald not even really good enough for a mullet because he doesn't have bangs. I think Nick Cage anyway. would be great at as Jamie Foxx's character, Bats. Oh, yeah. Really crazy. Yeah, like just yeah. off the wall crazy, but in a different way than Bats. Like Bats, Jamie Foxx is about like getting even with the man, you know, but I could see yep. Nick Cage doing it something different. I don't think he could do that. He would have to transform. No, but character. like the whole, the whole, the whole premise of the name bats is that he's bat poop crazy yeah right right and so uh yes nicholas cage could pull that off uh <laughs> in, in his sleep he's the greatest actor of our time and i i will not hear up <laughs> no. anything else no okay well that's that's an off that's an off podcast conversation uh okay so this is your first time you've seen this movie yep. i rank this movie do you want to hear my ranking first you want to go ranking yeah, because I I have I have you know okay, so my, I I rank this movie a nine out of ten. I, I I've only given one movie ever a ten out of ten. Um, this movie gives it a nine out of ten. Use of soundtrack, uh, the actors and the music playing well together. Uh, it is a extremely unique movie. It's artistic, but also it's just packed of action. Like there is very few movies that you're just like intrigued by the art of the movie, but also there are explosions. Um, it's just hard to do. And so I give it a nine out of 10. So 
this might disappoint you. It is my first time seeing it and watching a movie a second time through always gives you a little bit more of an appreciation for it, but that's not the podcast. So yeah. I give it a seven out of 10. Okay. If, right. if I were to uh, tweet uh, the director and ask, was this supposed to be a spoof? And he's like, yes. I think I would probably notch it up to like an eight and a half, but I am a fan of dialogue. Um, and there's not a ton, okay. yeah. Uh, yeah. but I am a fan of soundtracks. Like I love a soundtrack. And so this surprisingly, after I found out it wasn't a cartoon, um, <laughs> the first, the first three minutes, I was like, this movie is going to be like, I know exactly where Brandon's going with this. And this, this movie is going to be really like, it's going to be good. And I will want to watch it again. Yeah. Okay, good. So nine out of 10, seven out of 10 on your first viewing. We all know how the next episode of this podcast is going to go. You're going to pick a movie now. I have to watch it. It's a movie I've never seen before, which I'm not looking forward to simply because it's probably going to be a movie everyone's probably seen and I haven't. And that's embarrassing for me. Um, But then we're going to get my first thoughts on just the title. So what movie am I going to watch before next episode? I cannot wait. Because this is a movie that literally everybody else has seen. No, no. Okay. It, it's a nod to um, a man that we mentioned earlier in the movie, Ray Liotta, who has a huge part in this movie. Okay. But the movie that you are going to watch is Field of Dreams, starring oh. Kevin Costner. And I Ray like Liotta. Kevin Costner. Oh my! Uh, this is uh, okay. All right. So I, I, this is it's probably a movie that you have like oh yeah used to watch like. Uh, we we're, we're at that like point. Adamant, like you're like I'm adamantly like I'm actively sure. choosing to avoid this. So we're 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 in St. Louis, right? Like we're both. I mean, I've been here now for ten years. You've been here forever. Um, so it's like a baseball city, right? So I'm supposed to be a baseball fan. I am not a baseball fan. Yeah, so you're gonna love movies. this movie. I know. So it's one of those movies where like I just like eh, it's about baseball. I, okay, so my first thoughts: Field of Dreams. I believe that it's a movie about some like a farmer who builds a builds a baseball diamond in his cornfield. I think the farmer's Kevin Costner. Um and and there's a famous line, if you build it they will come. Is that from mm-hmm. this movie? Okay. It is. All right. You're you're, you're um, one step ahead of me with baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is not a cartoon. It's not by Pixar. It's not a cartoon. Um, nope. Uh uh it's going to be about a family coming together through um, some difficulties through the power of baseball. What do you think? Okay. I'm going to let you watch it and we will revisit this uh, the next episode. So uh, thank you to, to gingers. Thank you to old Forrester. Thank you to (laughs) Ansel Elgott for being a fantastic lead in a movie. Personal thank you to Willie James. Yeah, John Ham. For Brandon Lewis, I'm Jeremy Remiger. Uh, John Ham, we love you. St. Louis loves you. This has been In Flight Movie Podcast. We'll see you next week with Field of Dreams. Thank you for listening to the In Flight Movie Podcast. We know you have approximately 4 million movie podcasts to choose from, and we appreciate you trusting your time with us here. You can follow us on Twitter at InFlightPod and Instagram at InFlightMoviePod for updates on upcoming shows 
and even DM us suggestions for movies you would like reviewed. Thanks again for joining us!